Greetings, my little Sega fans. It is I, Dan the Mega Driver, or should I say, Dan the Mini Driver, because here with me, I'd say he's my mini me, but we're both six foot three, so scrap all that. It's the Jeffrey to my Wolf Hawk field. It's James. How you doing, mate? I win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm blowing me. Who's yourself? Yeah, brilliant, mate. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, again, glad to be back. Glad to be back behind the microphone. We've got a few episodes in now. Um, oh God, I mean, even just before we put the, re- the record button on, I've had such a crack just now. Oh, mate, honestly. I think if we ever can get around to putting these outtakes out, you know, as an actual show thing, we, if we keep them going <laughs> for the duration of the series. Um, <laughs> I had some, some choice content there. Um, <laughs> very, very mildly Sega related in some, some way, but aye, it's always good, mate. This is. It's good that we've got this kind of slot now that we've agreed to kind of record. It's, it's something I look forward to greatly, and obviously, well, we've got another, another couple of shows lined up this evening to, to bulk up that that kind of backlog and, and keep us going, keep us fresh. So I wasn't to get into it, mate. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, I think we're, uh, we're really doing well at stockpiling those episodes. So listeners, there is going to be no further hiatus anytime soon. So rest assured, we're getting plenty <laughs> in the bag. Um, despite both of us having contracted COVID in the last in the last few weeks, um, but we are Aye. we are fucking up. <laughs> I was, mate. I was like, what was that? We were about to tease the comeback, and I says, "Mind that you'd plan to put out the photograph with the, the Sega guys T-shirt on." Um, it's kind of part of the initial tease to the comeback. And you sent me a picture and what's up? You says, "I don't think uh, I don't think this space is quite up to." to Twitter and you just looked wasted mate and then like I sent you one back and you sitting there and I don't know what like, one eye bigger than the other I don't know what was happening there I, like like you I hadn't shaved I just looked completely screwed and you were like mate just go to your bed it's like so I two two and a half years of managing to avoid it um, and lo and behold um, last Monday Tested positive after having a bit of a sore throat and feeling a bit kind of lethargic, but over it now. Um, no long-term ill effects, thankfully. Um, I've had worse colds, so obviously the old jabberoo did its, its job, um, and that's us back, back fighting, fitting, back behind the microphone again. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, I avoided it for two years as well, mate. But um, yeah, still, still a bit fatigued, but. But getting there, but nothing, nothing livens me up like talking a bit of a bit of Sega. And uh, would you like to tell our listeners what they can uh, expect from today's episode if they hadn't read the title or got the points <laughs> from the introduction? Well, as it's going out on Radio Sega, there won't be too much of a hint about what it is. But if people are listening retrospectively the following day or later on, obviously, then the, the, the title will obviously give it away. But yeah, you and I have, have kind of had this one on the back burner a while as we're kind of building up to the, the continuation of the Saturn years, uh, which is coming. We are planning to record year one of that next week. So that will be going out as episode six of the new series, whenever that yep. eventually rolls around. Um, but in kind of keeping with the Saturn content, we felt that, you know, with my favourite Sega stuff, that Dreamcast was getting an awful lot of airtime. Shenmue was getting an awful lot of airtime. We love the Dreamcast. We love Shenmue. But... Um, the Saturn is closest to our hearts and we wanted to do a lot more Saturn content so you and I have discussed what 
a Saturn Mini would look like realistically if Sega were to decide to do it. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You and I have picked 10 games plus uh, an extra one each from a third party that we we think realistically, you know, taking any potential of, you know, difficult licenses in terms of branding and things like that. So this, this isn't a wish list. We all have a wish list for what we would like to see on a Saturn Mini, but we know Sega Rally wouldn't be on there. We know Sega Touring Car and Daytona wouldn't be on there because Sega aren't in the market now to be spending silly money on kind of risks and niche products. They will only do something if it's going to be financially viable. So they they are not going to go out and spend money to get Toyota and, you know, um, Martini and, you know, um, Castrol and, you know, all these kind of things, Lancia and things like that. They're not going to do that. So... This is the Sega Saturn Mini. From our perspective and in our opinion, the 22 games that would realistically make it onto a retail unit. Yes, uh, if what, such a unit was ever to materialise. I mean, Sega did shoot it down recently, mm-hmm. didn't they? Saying that it would cost... How much did they say it cost? About $399 or something? <laughs> Sh- shades of E3 1995, isn't it? <laughs> Just need Tom Kalinske to come out and, <laughs> and launch it, you know? Se- Sega Saturn Mini, it's out there again. You know? <laughs> Poor Tom, honestly. You just said, no, don't make me do it again. You know? <laughs> Uh, Steve Race comes on and says two ninety nine for the PlayStation Mini, but that, that was already out. I got my PlayStation Mini for fifteen quid. Uh, <laughs> Amazon yeah. couldn't give them away. Um, That's right. Uh, I wish I'd picked one up. I remember that went to Tesco and they were throwing them away for twenty quid in a bargain bucket. And at the time, I just went, "Nah, I'll just leave it." And then it turned out it's it's been hacked and you can add ROMs to it and things like that. So yeah, um, must have been yeah because the. You can mod it really easily. I mean, the the initial lineup was absolutely pants. The twenty games on there are, are poor, and uh, like you were just saying just now, we've got ten games each. Uh, we've got one third party game each, but the PlayStation Mini was pretty much all third party games, and mm. they were obviously very restricted by licensing uh, and which third parties would agree. With the beautiful thing with the Saturn uh, and in this world where they say, "Well, your first party content is what makes or breaks your console," well, the f- Saturn had first party content in a abundance mm-hmm. um which is one of those things that it's you know so frustrating when you see things like that and just think back to how rich the saturn library is mm-hmm. no 100 percent. that's all kind of focus on you know um you know sony obviously do really well because of their, their first party output and you know was it people call them in this kind of console war bangers they call them yeah you yeah. know um oh we got these bangers on the on the playstation <laughs> and it's like you know first party content and people kind of go on that that's king and if you don't have good first party content you're not going to you know succeed and well as you said in your blog mate if it's all about first party content then why aren't we all still playing sega systems absolutely mate absolutely well some of us still are all playing sega systems exactly (laughs) yep okay mate so do you want to tell our listeners what your first pick for the sega saturn mini would be so my first pick for the sega saturn mini and as much as um, I don't like it as much as the original game. I think, given the press and the kind of history behind the port of the original Virtua Fighter, I think Sega would plump to go with AM2's collaboration with AM1, and it would be Virtua Fighter Remix. 
Yeah, very interesting choice when I saw you went for this one, mate, um, because I was expecting the original Virtua Fighter, but uh, mm-hmm. I think you make a really good point because there is an awful lot of stigma, uh, undeserved, both of us have both said numerous amounts of times, that mm-hmm. the original Virtua Fighter port gets. Most of the graphical glitches are restrained to like the intro and the and the replays, but uh, mm-hmm. who spends that much time looking at those these days? But um, yeah, I think your, your reasoning is sound there, um, because... <laughs> Yeah, Sega don't want any bad press on the on a mini that they're going to be asking for a significant amount of money for. So, yeah, is there any other reasons why why you think remix? Yeah, just again because I think they've already had the Astro City Mini out, which has got that kind of arcade perfect VF one port, and I just think you know again, it's I think remix was on PC as well, but. You know, um, in terms of any kind of console or remake, it's never resurfaced anywhere else. So the fact it's texture mapped, you know, um, the kind of history behind it as well that I learned about is that it was actually AM1 who reverse engineered Virtua Fighter's Saturn graphics engine with assistance from AM2 and with their permission and then texture mapped it and then basically ported or made it into uh, STV, the Titan board arcade game, and then it was ported to Saturn within, obviously, a couple of weeks after that. I think it was only a month or so between the Japanese mm. launching arcades and and the Saturn version in Japan. So I just think, again, Sega not wanting to take any risks, not wanting any kind of bad publicity about anything, um, I think that's why... They've had the Astro City money. VF1's got an arcade perfect port out there or as close to it as you're going to get without kind of going down emulation routes. So I think just for that reason alone, because it's texture map, because obviously it does away with those kind of glitches that they're talking about, to avoid any kind of modern day repeat of, you know, the kind of the clamoring that you see about VF. And I prefer stock Virtua Fighter 1 on Saturn at all as well. I think the flat-shaded polygons have got a really refined and timeless look about them um i'll always play vf over remix but that's that's not what we're going for here we're trying to do what uh, anticipate what sega would do if they were to realistically do a saturn mini and i think for that reason to remove any possible negativities around the title they were just plump for remix no, well said, wait, it's a great shout. Um, it's funny you mentioned the PC port because the PC port lets you choose between textured and untextured. So, uh, well, there you go. It's a, it's a shame, one, that we couldn't have that on, on the Saturn, really. <laughs> yeah, a bit like Master Chief Collection, of you can flip between OG Xbox and, and the, the new visuals as well whenever you're playing the, the original Halo game. That's quite smart, you can do that on the fly. So, that would be definitely, yeah. definitely interesting if you could have done that with, with Emacs on the Saturn. Yeah, absolutely. You can do it on a PC. Just, uh, I'm not sure if the Saturn could, but it'd be great if you could do it. <laughs> so what about your first choice then, mate? My first choice, mate. Uh, I am going for a, going in guns blazing here, or swords blazing. This is Guardian Heroes. Obviously, oh. the 1996 game from Treasure. Uh, probably needs no introduction to the Saturn Faithful. Absolutely legendary scrolling mm-hmm. beat-em-up. Uh, it would probably lose the six-player brawler mode uh, unless there was some sort of multi-tap adapter or you could use like a USB hub in the Saturn or something. But even without that, you know, it's a legendary game. Scrolling beat em up, 30 stages, so many different paths and endings that you can take, all these unlockable players in the battle mode. I think it's a no-brainer for Sega, really, and no no real um, hurdles to get over legally to get it. It's, it's on the Xbox right now. 
uh, still on sale for Xbox, so no legal hurdles there. I think it's, uh, I think yeah, it's, a, it's an easy slam dunk for Sega. Mm-hmm. Absolute shoe in and a, a Saturn stalwart, absolute classic, gorgeous looking game. Even I know you've mentioned the kind of Xbox Live version of it, um, and obviously that was great. And they've got the kind of HD aspect of it, all nice and upscaled and cleaned up. But even if you're playing it on a stock Sega Saturn today. It's just a gorgeous game. the The way the sprites scale when you move in and out of the the you know the the stages as you can through them, just an absolutely gorgeous game. So much content. You know, you mentioned there are thirty odd stages. Just an absolute no brainer, mate. Indeed, indeed, and uh, yeah, I still prefer to play the Saturn version over the Xbox version. I just think the the, the graphical touches and gameplay enhancements are nice, but uh, they're just not they're just detract from the magic a little bit for me. The Saturn version, mm-hmm. especially with a Saturn pad, is the way to go for me. Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, mate. I know we got we got so many more to rattle through, so you'll go on to your your next one. Yes, my second game. Um, again, we're going back to the arcade, and it is AM3's Last Bronx, released in the arcades in 1996 in Japan. It would come to the Saturn in 1997, uh, August in, in Japan, October uh, 14th in the US, and the 23rd in the EU. Um, one of the Saturn's most impressive games visually um coming later on and obviously in the system's kind of life especially in europe you know coming late 97 saturn would be discontinued in 98 in the west but you know em3 really mastering vdp one and two full 3d backgrounds high resolution mode a really stunning model two conversion and again the only thing I can maybe think of was that I can't remember if I know in this one of the early stages there's a billboard, an electronic billboard that's got a Sega Saturn logo. I don't think there's any product placement that goes up there from memory, so um, I can't think of anything branding-wise or you know anything constricting that would perhaps cause it to be an issue in terms of licensing. Sega own it, and I, again, I think it would really show off you know the the kind of power that the saturn had in it especially to people who are picking this up you know retrospectively wanting to get into the saturn and they were looking at this i think last bronx the gameplay mechanics on it it's a really steep learning curve you can go in and just button bash away and and get somewhere but you know you really need to learn the mechanics in terms of learning when to block when to dodge when to kind of go in and get your combos together vast array of fighters you know you've got weapons base you've got obviously you know kurosawa with his his kind of wooden sword that he <laughs> smacks you over the head with that's my go-to character you know yeah, mine got, as well is it there you go yeah. um but just such an array of 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 kind of different weapons and characters in the roster and just a, a gorgeous gorgeous game and i think it would really show off just what the saturn was capable of yeah, it really would, mate. I mean, it's a must in Japan where the series was actually pretty pretty massive. It had an anime and everything. Yeah, it just um, grew arms and legs in Japan. It had comics, graphic novels, toys, plushies, <laughs> anime <laughs> series, you know. Like, give Kurosawa a cuddle and buy his plushie. <laughs> crazy, but it, it was really big in Japan. Yeah, it really was, and you're you're so right, mate. It's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, it's it's one of the best fighters that whole generation. It's it's one of those ones where you you got Soul Edge sitting next to it. They both released about the same time. They were almost rivals, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And your Soul Edge had some nice nice graphical features, and the backgrounds were polygonal 
compared to Last Bronx, which there's the backgrounds are 3D, but there's a heavy use of uh, VDP two in there, using, mm-hmm. especially for the ceilings and stuff. But it looks stunning. And the, the thing that always stands out to me is compared to Last Bronx, Soul Edge looks so jerky because it's it's a fighting game at, at 30 frames per second. And unless you're the original virtual fighter, I think that 30 frames per second fighting game is a, is a no-no. But uh, yeah, an absolute must for the Saturn, I think, mate. Yeah, uh, just one of my favourites on there, absolutely. So, um, what's your second choice then, mate? My second choice, and it's another Captain Obvious one, but how can you have a Sega Saturn Mini without Knights into Dreams, the uh, Sonic Team masterpiece? I mean, what more can I say about Knights into Dreams? It's obviously <laughs> one of my favourite games of all time, um, and it's still got that that reputation now as, as one of the finest games of its era. So, yeah, an, an easy one, I think, for me, mate, Nights into Dreams. No licensing issues. Um, I don't think Yuji Naka would object to it or make it difficult in any way, but we'll see. <laughs> but uh, I think that's one that they could put on the Mini quite easy. Mm-hmm. And even without having to kind of bundle any sort of... Because I think they would probably bundle controller-wise. It would be the kind of the Japanese Mark One, PAL Mark Two mode that they would use. Obviously, you know, RetroBit controllers are, are using that mode. It's easily available. Um, but you can still enjoy nights without analog control. It's obviously not the way it's meant to be played. But, you know, if you've got that nice D-pad on there from the Mark Two controller, you know, you can still roll that quite nicely. Uh, and still have a good experience but you know as you said Knights speaks for itself it's he's he's become in the lack of Sonic on the Saturn he has become the system's mascot you know pretty much so yeah that's a no-brainer mate just a wonderful game timeless um everything about it the score system the music the setting everything about it just a, a gorgeous game yeah, it really is, and it's it's interesting because obviously you've got the uh, you've got the, the Mega Drive Mini, which shipped with Street Fighter Two on it, but no six button pad. But you could buy the six buttons pad separately. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Someone could make uh, that very underrated three D satin pad to, as a as an add on peripheral, uh, which would really make Nights into Dreams the classic that we all know it is. But uh, as you say, mate, it's it's extremely playable even with the D pad. It's it's a classic. Uh, brilliant arcade style well we say it's arcade it doesn't really it's an arcade style chase uh score attack game at its heart um i still play it trying to beat my old scores um but uh it, yeah the story and everything it's just it's just so it's such a like you know on a certain so many unique experiences and i think this is the cream and a cropper mm-hmm. again another sega slam dunk for this one for me yep totally okay mate so which one is your uh number three my number three, and I have gone for the Enigma, the legendary, sought-after, super expensive, um, and would this would remove the paywall that is preventing so many people from enjoying this game. I'm talking about, of course, Panzer Dragoon Saga. Um, yeah, and if the Sega Saturn Mini sold for 350 quid, it would still be a lot cheaper <laughs> than buying a copy <laughs> of Panzer Dragoon Saga. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people are saying, obviously, you know, and there might be people in the Discord and people listening going, ah, but they've lost the source code, so how could they do it? So in terms of that, I'm assuming that, you know, Saturn emulation is getting a lot better. It's always improving. So the way down that would be for, obviously, a Saturn Mini to just run an emulated, you know, ROM, essentially, of uh, copies of the, the original retail discs to, to get around that. Um you know, again, it would be quite hefty with it being, you know, the four discs in terms of that, you know, in terms of kind of story size and things. But I just think 
if that was on there, I think that game alone being on there would sell it, especially to the retro enthusiasts. I think, you know, that would be enough. You just said it there. It's cheaper than <laughs> than buying the game on disc. Um, but Panzer Dragoon Saga, it's one of these games that, <clears throat> excuse me, it's one of these games that I think as, as years have passed, it's in danger of becoming known more for its rarity than for the quality of the game. Um, now, it wasn't produced in massive numbers whenever it launched. I, I pre-ordered it. You've still got your copy, Dan. Mine's is long gone, and I, I really hope whoever bought mine back in 2006 is looking after it. But I just think it's one of these games that everybody who is into Sega or the Saturn should experience because it's not the longest of RPGs, but it's just everything about it. It's got from that opening FMV, the music that goes with it, the intro that sets the scene, the title screen music, the score as you're traversing the canyons and you look down and the beautiful translucent water and the, the you know the the caves all sprawl up the mountains up either side of you. Um you know, just everything about it, the the campsite, the kind of the lighting effects. You go to different villages, different times of day, and you know, you different characters to speak to, different settings, just an incredible RPG based with you know tons of action in there as well. Great fighting elements, morphing your dragon to different skills depending on how you want to fight. Just honestly, I think that could possibly sell the system on its own. Sorry for going off in one. I absolutely adore Saga with a passion. When you're talking about Panzer Dragoon Saga, mate, you can talk all day. Um, <laughs> it may go well over our, our usual Radio Sega <laughs> slot, uh, in which case, sorry, Shamu Dojo. But, <laughs> but uh, no, um, absolutely agree with everything you said, mate. It's one of those games that I try to play every year. Obviously, it's a bit longer than, say, Sonic 2, so I don't always get to play it every year. But, uh, I mean, yeah, as you say, it's, it's 20 hours. So in RPG terms, it's brief. For me, it's a perfect RPG length. It's enough to get into, uh, into the game, but... Um, it's brief enough that I can actually finish it within within you know my lifetime. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you make some great points, mate. And yeah, I don't think the source code missing would be an issue because basically, uh, didn't someone find out that you know the the switch ROMs for Super Mario World and Super Mario Brothers are all taken from ROM Nation or Cool ROM or something? That that's just where Nintendo took those ROMs from. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't. I mean, if if it's good enough for Nintendo, who can steal ROMs from a ROM site and then shut it down? then I'm sure Sega will be able to get a, a, an ISO of Trans Dragoon Saga. Yeah, no problem at all. I mean, they're readily available. Not that we can do in piracy, of course, on the Sega guys. You know, make sure that you pay £600 for a copy and play it legitimately. <laughs> um, uh, but no, um, obviously the kind of means that people have got to play it now, you know, you've got your, your ODEs that allow you to, to experience that game as well. But the, the caveat of that being that you do have to have an actual you know, Sega Saturn, um, and then go out of your way to, to buy a Fenrir and, and, you know, source a, a copy of the game and put it on an SD card. So there's still a lot of expense there. So, again, if if it was on a Saturn Mini, it would really, really open up to the mass market and let people who haven't been able to experience it, you know, really just sit down and enjoy what is one of the best games on the system. Right, and the system of the generation of all time. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's just... I just absolutely love that game so much. Uh, likewise, like absolutely likewise. So, before we go into our Panzer Dragoon Saga love fests, what's your what's your thought? <laughs> <laughs> My third mate. I know we've had two fighters already. 
but uh, I don't see how you could have a, a Saturn Mini without Fighters Megamix. The uh, the Fighting Vipers versus Virtual Fighter Two with God knows how many guest characters. Uh, the original Smash Bros crossover fighting game, albeit this is actually a fighting game. Uh, there's nothing in here to stop anyone from. I don't think there's any issues around the actual Daytona Hornet car being in there for some reason, because the car is fictional. Obviously, the Daytona license isn't. But uh, yeah, it's just called the Hornet, isn't it? So. I don't see any issue with Fighters Mega Mix making its way over, and it would be an absolute must. It's one of the most celebrated fighting games on the system. People still talk about it, you know, in, in awe now. It's uh, it's just a, a legendary title that must be on the system. If you're talking fighting games, and the Sega Saturn is legendary for its fighting games, it has to be on there. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Fighters Mega Mix as well is that obviously it was as close as a Saturn would get to VF3 because. Yep. It did bring over the VF3 moveset for the Virtua Fighters. It did bring over the dodge button from VF3 as well. So, you know, it didn't just take VF2 and Fighting Vipers and mash them together with some kind of, you know, novelty characters and, and throw it out there. Sega actually did try to enhance the Virtua Fighter experience on there by making it based on VF3, which is brilliant. But, yeah, um, doesn't run in the high resolution mode, but... It doesn't need to. Obviously, Fighting Vipers didn't because that they prioritised the uh, the lighting effects, which were magnificent, and and Fighting Vipers on the Saturn. Um, they prioritised that over high resolution mode. But you know, Mega Mix is just see if they could make Fighters Mega Mix two today. Oh, I know. Oh, imagine that on a Series X and a PS Five, even a <laughs> Switch, man, just. That would be so glorious. But I mean, the the, the, the characters that are in there that, you know, Pepsi Man wouldn't make it for all this kind of <laughs> licensing issues. Um, he was Japan only anyway. But, you know, um, you know you've know, you got, obviously, you know, Janet from Virtua Cop. You've got the, the Hornet from Daytona. You know, um, just all these kind of novelty characters that are in there. The original Smash Brothers, as you said, just it's, it's brilliant. It's one that I still love to, to chuck on today, just even just to watch that. That intro were were Ban and, and Akira, two very similar characters from different universes colliding, because um, they've both got that shoulder dash. Although Ban likes to shout your mama's crap whenever he's punching. <laughs> um, but I just like a great shout, mate. And, and the Saturn is blessed with with arcade fighters because of the heritage. But um, yeah, Mega Mix is a, a brilliant shout. Yeah, and I think it's different enough from Virtua Fighter 2 that it's, you know, and Virtua Fighter that it warrants inclusion. Um, I would have had Fighting Vipers on here, but um, you get all the Fighting Vipers in Mega Mix. I think Mega Mix visually looks a little worse than Fighting Vipers, um, more because the Virtua Fighter, it seems like some of the characters are smaller. Um, and the Virtua yeah, Fighter, they are. Yeah. Yeah, and the Virtua Fighters don't quite fit as well as the as you know the fighting vipers characters do but you cut you the contents all there the characters from fighting vipers will play the same as you say the only difference is pepsi man and you wouldn't be able to get pepsi man in, in the sega saturn mini anyway so uh fighting Viper, uh, fighters mega mix it is but um yeah it's it's you know fighting game royalty it has to be there 100 percent, mate get it in there get it in there right mate we're getting through these we're burning through these so if you could tell us what oh, number four is that is an absolutely sensational segue into this next game <laughs> mate well played well played um my fourth game is is of course going by that it is the sonic team classic burning rangers uh which again one of the final 
game was released in the West for the Sega Saturn. Um, but you know, just speaks for itself. The the soundtrack on it, um, you know, Takenobu Mitsuyoshi's legendary vocals in that that intro, um, anime style, beautiful visuals. The the mission layouts are so so clever, um, and again, just the kind of transparency effects and the with the fire that you've got as you're getting through your missions. It's some people say also the controls are a wee bit janky with the camera, um, which it can be a wee bit of a challenge at times, but if if you're rotating it, you know, sensibly enough and you're kind of as you get more used to the controls, you know what you're doing, you can really fly around the stages. Um great assorted cast of characters, really, really good voice acting on there that just captures that anime feel perfectly. I again wouldn't see any issues in terms of licensing. There's nothing in there. Sega's IP, Sega's own work, um, music wise as well. So that was one that I think would come over to Saturn Mini, you know, pretty much intact without any issues. Yeah, I think so, mate. It's another one I think would probably benefit from the analog pad. I haven't had mm-hmm. any issues controlling it myself in the past, but I think I think again the analog pad is 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 perfect for it. The deep the the, the standard satin pad is is fine though. So it would be still be a fantastic addition even without that on the Sega Saturn Mini. But yeah, I think uh, it has to be on there. Like Knights, it's a kind of a you know not as much as Knights, but it's it's another cornerstone of the Sega Saturn. And it's another game that demands stupid money these days. Mm. I think the PAL version goes for something like eighty hundred. The US version even more. It's uh, it's ridiculous. So you know the the cost of this, the the the, the value of this this little machine is going up and up when we go mm-hmm. through these. Aye, exactly. And again, the the run of of those games, you know, those last kind of games, um, so it was Shining Force Three, House of the Dead, and and Burning Rangers were the last three games. I'm pretty sure released. Yeah. Um, and Deep Fear obviously get released over here. Didn't get released in the in the states. So those games would have had very, very small production runs, which is obviously what leads to the the inflated cost. So yeah, it's it's already starting to pay for itself, (laughs) this little little USB-powered mini-box. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Although, you know, I wonder wonder what they'd have to stick in there to, to make it. Uh, emulate the Saturn successfully. It might, it might, it might need a proper AC adapter. You never know. <laughs> well, you never know. Never know, mate. <laughs> so, what is your fourth choice? My fourth choice. Uh, I'm going with someone that I think is a Sega Saturn mascot. Uh, certainly one of the earliest Sega Saturn mascots. If you put Virtual Fighter to the side, uh, and we do need a platformer for the console, so I'm going with Clockwork Knight and the original one at that. That's a, that's a good shout, mate. That's a, a very charming game as well. Um, kind of clever pseudo kind of 3D effect with the sprites, although some of those bosses, mate, are a bit freaky. Oh yeah, it's it's got some of the. But you, I, mean, I think it's the first <laughs> boss in the uh, in the first room is one of the most horrifying bosses you can ever see. Um, it's it's interesting because obviously Clockwork Knight came out before Toy Story that was in the cinemas, which uh, is is amazing. Really, you'd uh, you'd think if Sega were a bit more savvy at the time, they could have really um, made something out of that. Uh, got some sort of tie-in or you know or played off the popularity of toy story especially when the sequel came out but uh, as clockwork nike is it's still a, an absolutely phenomenal game it's a little bit easy a little bit short um, but if you've got 20 21 other games on the on the saturn mini then i think you can afford for a game that you can kind of just breathe through in an hour or two and uh just basically enjoy and uh, i played for it 
for the first time because I, I didn't actually own this back in the day. I bought it uh, a few years ago and uh, went through it uh, a couple of years ago for the first time and absolutely adored it. Um, so, yeah, it, it has to be on there, I think. It, you know, Pepperuccio is, <laughs> or Pepper as he's known in the West, he's, uh, he's you know, he's he was very present in the, um, he was kind of ever present in all the marketing material. For yeah, that's that. right. Yeah. Uh, and I still think the game looks, looks gorgeous as well. I mean, it's a mix of 2D, uh, pre-rendered sprite work and you know the Saturn polygon stuff and it it gels really well. It's it's a lovely game. No, hundred percent, mate. It's it's a really really nice game. The the visual style of it has held up, I think, really well. Um, it's colourful, it's bold, and you know it's just it's just fun. You know, if you're you know beating lumps at each other on Fighters Mega Mix and you know putting out fires and burning Rangers, then uh, just chill out and just club some toys with a key. Basically, <laughs> you know, so no, I, I, I'd agree with that. I'd, I'd get that one then, mate. Yeah, brilliant, mate. So, moving on to your number five, then what have you got? Oh, my number five, mate. If if I could perhaps dust off the vocal cords and you know, maybe have a sing song as we have in the past, <laughs> I think people know we're going with this. Um, a game which is years have gone by has been kind of much maligned for its bad controls and only worth playing for the soundtrack but this is a game that scored high nines out of tens 92 percent in sega saturn magazine four out of five in cbg um it's sega's mascot that was missing for most of the saturn's life and traveler's tales brought him back to life on the saturn along with the rest of the cast it is of course sonic r uh one of our favorite sega saturn games um, I think it's got, a, again, one of these games that's got a kind of very, you know, not say a steep learning curve, but um, the controls on it are very clever. And as we've spoke about in the past on here, we've had a show where we reviewed Sonic R in previous seasons. You know, the we call them air brakes on the, the bumpers. You know, each bumper is very similar to the air brakes and, and Wipeout. It controls left and right limbs. You know, you can use those to kind of turn sharp corners. And obviously, you know, if you've got Amy, she's in a car. So she's got a slightly different control mechanism. But Sony Car, I think, is, is much maligned wrongly in the modern day. And I think putting it on a Saturn Mini would allow audiences to, to own, inverted commas, uh, a copy of it on there and let them kind of sit down, make their own mind up and enjoy it, you know, at their own kind of leisure get used to it and just allow the game's charms to kind of take them over because the soundtrack's amazing. You know, T.J. Davis's vocals are legendary on that game, um, but the level design's fantastic. There's loads of different routes and stages. There's collectibles in terms of the coins. Obviously, there's a Chaos Emeralds in there. You've got to finish first in the race to keep the Chaos Emerald. It's not a flaw. It's a <laughs> gameplay mechanic. People... Oh. People, people say it's too easy to get into, it's too easy to complete, but then they what moan that getting the Chaos Emeralds is too hard. Yeah, you know, I, you know, certain kind of retro kind of YouTube creators that make videos that you know things that they hate about games, and they hated that you had to finish first to keep the Chaos Emerald and thought it was a flaw. Um, it's called a, a design choice, and it's you know, <laughs> a, it's a challenge, and that's what a game is meant to present. So, yeah. Another one that I absolutely love, and I think that if if you're going to play a Sega Saturn, you need to have Sonic R on there. Yep, one hundred percent agree, mate. Of course, I mean anyone that's listened to our Sega Sonic uh, Sonic R review will know what our thoughts are on this. But uh, it's a it's a classic in my eyes. One of the best 
mascot racers of the generation easily. It's another one I think would benefit from the analog controller, but uh, it still mm. again plays great with the with the standard pad. And yeah, if people got a chance to actually sit down with it, and rather than just you know throw it on and then just you know forget about it, if they actually bought the system and spent some time with it, it'd be one that uh, that I think people would fall in love with. And come on, you can't have a mini Sega console without Sonic the Hedgehog on there. And you know you're not going to stick 3D Blast on there because that's a, a Mega Drive game, and you're not going to stick Sonic Jam on there because that's a collection of Mega Drive games. You've got to go with Sonic R. Exactly, and then you can sit back and sing, you know, learn all the lyrics. Everybody, super sonic racing. See, I had to start it. <laughs> I had to get it in there. Love it. Absolutely love it. Yeah, same here, mate. Brilliant stuff. So to round off our first five, mate. What's what's your fifth? So my fifth is what I feel is an absolute masterpiece. Uh, the best in its genre. It was then. It still is today. 26 years later, it's the incomparable Dragon Ball... Uh, sorry, Dra- Dragon Ball... Panzer Dragoon Zwei. <laughs> don't know where my head is then. Yeah, Panzer Dragoon 2 uh, to everyone else. Um, I don't see how you could not have it. Like Sonic R is a visual showcase on the Sega Saturn, and we've already talked about Last Bronx being on that as another visual showcase. Um, Panzer Dragoon Zwei, I think, is still one of the greatest-looking games of the entire fifth generation uh the way that vdp2 works um the 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 way that the the characters are rendered it uses this uh, with the, uh a lot of the hd effects of the widescreen mode that's used on there it's an absolutely tour de force of saturn graphical prowess uh the story in there is fantastic the uh the the, the panzerese that is used uh to in through all the cutscenes is uh is charming the, the story is actually lovely and it plays so great as well um the multiple paths, the dragon morphing, all the unlockable stuff. It's, it's an absolute must-have. Again, like everything else, it's all Sega's IP. It's all stuff that they own. They've got you know mastery over it. So that's got to be on there. Along with along with Saga, I think you've you've got to have Fire. I mean, ideally, you'd have all the Panzer Dragoons games on there. Uh, I think that would take up. You know, having all three might be a little bit too much Panzer Dragoon if there is such a thing. But if you're only going to have an RPG and the shooting gallery one, you've got to go with with Zvi for the shooter. Yeah, I mean, Zvi is, as you say, it's a, it's a tour de force. Uh, it really does show what the Saturn could do when games were developed for it from the ground up. You know, there is absolutely nothing in that generation that can come close to, to Zvi at full, at full pelt. 60 FPS looks as if it's in high resolution mode at times. I'm not sure if it is, but it really, at times, the the mission where you, it's the one where you kind of get flying over the kind of, looks like the, the kind of spaceship in the canyons and it's all the kind of whites and greys and, you know, you've just, the, the scenery just goes for miles because VDP2 is just drawing this plane, you know, over the sky and the, the kind of the ground aspect of it for miles. You, you could literally, there's, you can't see the end of it. There's multiple enemies flying across the screen, particle effects, just, you know, obviously the laser effects for the dragon, your weapon, just an absolute gorgeous game. A, a great choice. I, I would I would agree. The first game being on there, I think, again, We've had the first game as part of Pandora's box with, you know, Orta. We've also had the remake. There is a remake of Zvi coming. It's been coming for ages. Um, but we've got that kind of, that remake of, of the first game out there. Again, Zvi's kind of been lost to that kind of 
more retro collector expensive kind of price bracket as it's starting to creep up again so um it makes makes sense if you've got the rpg and saga there's no point in bringing the first game over for the shooter aspect gets value on there and just show people what the saturn's all about yeah 100 percent, mate and that's a great point about uh, about the first game because that's something i hadn't thought of but yeah you can you can get the the first game readily available now i i, I cashed in some of my microsoft reward vouchers and uh and i got uh, the remake for two pound the other day two pound nine percent off it was <laughs> that's uh, less than a spectrum game back in the day mate I know, that's, like, that's yeah, crazy it's, it's like going into going into wh Smith back in the day and getting a 199 case to cassette isn't it <laughs> that's right <laughs> but um yeah, but the thing is, you can get the remake on Switch, PS4, Xbox. You know, you obviously could play it on the PS5 and Series X, Series S as well. So that it's readily available that way. But you can also play if you want to play the original game. You can just play a Panzer Dragoon Auto on Xbox One, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, the original Xbox. Um, it's easily that's easily you know obtainable as well. Not not the physical version, but you can buy it digitally through the Xbox Store. And again. You can unlock the original Panzer Dragoon and play that play it that way. So that's playable on a modern console. Via has never ever been ported to anything else. It's it's in Saturn jail. It's it's never made it anywhere else, <laughs> not even on not even PC. So it needs to be liberated from its from its dragon prison uh, and set free. Brilliant, mate. So that that brings us to the halfway point in our ten. Um, as we do now on the show, we're going to break things up a wee bit, take a wee break and give you a little bit of music in keeping with the Radio Sega kind of theme. Obviously, we are on Radio Sega. Um, so the tune that we have chosen is from Virtual On. It is the Viper 2 theme from the Sega Saturn version. So enjoy.
Welcome back, listeners. I hope you enjoyed that piece of music. That was Viper 2 from Virtuon. The theme's actually called uh, She's Lost Control, which, um, yeah, I wasn't sure if, there were, if Viper 2 had a gender, but um, apparently these robots do. Um, I knew... <laughs> I mean, uh, we, we we had RC in in Transformers the movie, so I guess I guess it's not that far removed, eh? That's right. I remember. That's right. RC. Uh, our, our introduction to his was dragging poor Wheeljack across the floor, <laughs> helping helping Springer get him out the road before loading the launcher up to try and take down yeah. Devastator. So there we go. Um, let's not go down the Transformers lore, but there we go. Oh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be quoting it all day. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Uh, actually, listeners were, were spared um, in the return show that we did because uh, Zencaster decided to bug out on us where we, we started reciting um, more than meets the eye to each other. Um, <laughs> we had the full damn conversation between Megatron and Prime. We had it down and Zencaster cut it. So there we go. You were robbed, listeners. You were robbed. But if you do want to hear some uh, some Transformers <laughs> dialogues, please let us know. We're, <laughs> we're happy to oblige. <laughs> but bringing it back to the Sega Saturn Mini, um, I just went with Panzer Goons Fire just now. Uh, so James, it's right back to you, buddy. What is your number six pick for the Sega Saturn Mini? Number six. Um, this is a game that has two names due to licensing issues. It's known in the arcades in Japan and in America as Decathlete. But to us UK Sega Saturn players, we will always affectionately know it as Athlete Kings. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. The 100 meter dash. That is. <laughs> yes. Oh, brilliant. And you've got to be. You get the, 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 the kind of demo to tell you when to, when to press and hold the action button and release it. Oh, so many hours. Um, if, if Sam is listening to this show, my best mate, um, I didn't own Athlete Kings in the day Sam had it, and he used to bring it up to mine so often and we just used to spend hours at this game um oh it's just so much fun again it's a really good arcade port no worries at all about you know any kind of license or anything like that um an stv conversion obviously runs on the the titan board which is based on saturn's architecture so it's an absolutely perfect port just bold colorful just so much fun crazy assortment of, of athletes to pick from you know every event you could think of my, my personal favourite. I love the javelin and the shot putt. Absolute love those ones. Um, you know, high jump used to do my nothing. I uh, could never quite time that one to, to perfection to get any kind of world records, but uh, just such a fun game. Um, Winter Heat obviously followed it. Didn't quite capture the, the magic of Athlete Kings, but um, just oh, it just has to be on there. Uh, just for the sheer fun factor um and that can again if you can get it you know multiple players if there's a ability to hook more than you know x amount of controllers up and maybe expand it to to have you know up to four players on there because it's just an absolute blast and um, doesn't matter if you've got one player two four whatever it's just such a fun game it just has to be on there yeah, it has to be, mate. It's another one that's absolutely stunning to look at because it runs in the in the high, high definition mode on the Sega Saturn. Yeah. 
<clears throat> and all the backgrounds are done via parallax, a lot like uh, the Virtua Fighter 2 port. So <clears throat> they look absolutely phenomenal. As I remember when I first got it and I was playing it on my on my living room tally, uh, and that would have been via RGB SCAR. And <clears throat> like the, the in the distance, the stadium looks so crisp, and then the mountains beyond just look absolutely gorgeous. And it still holds up today. It still looks absolutely stunning. Um, the characters in it as well. You've got to have the, the, the characters just elevate it beyond you know all your. Other... <laughs> I remember I remember people saying you know comparing it to. Uh, international track and field on the PS1 and the PS1 had these, you know, these blocky characters that were, you know, they had no detail. They were just dull avatars, basically. And then you've got, you know, Jeff Jansons and Rick Blade. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Vin. <laughs> Aleski Rigel. He just used to laugh like an absolute maniac. Ellen <laughs> oh. Rigiani, Femi yeah. Kadina, Joe Kudo. <laughs> Oh, but I mean, oh that, yeah, absolutely superb, mate. I think it's, it's I think it is only two player, so I, for that one, I don't think they'd have to be unless they could put a four player mode in there, which would make it absolutely perfect. Did it, was it only ever up to two? For some reason, I thought that was one that worked with the the, the certain kind of multi tap that you could expand it. Was that definitely only two players for for it's definitely only two, it's definitely Jeez, two there you go. Because um, me and my mates absolutely loved it, but obviously we'd have to take turns on it. And then when right. we got Winter Heat, for that, that elevated it a little bit more because you could do four players on Winter Heat at the same time. Obviously, because ah, it's... Right. Yeah, it loses the, the magic a bit because it's Winter Games as opposed to Summer Games. And the graphics aren't as striking as they are in Athlete Kings. But uh, by it being four player, it's just absolutely manical. If if only Athlete Kings could be four player, it would be absolutely perfect. <laughs> but... but uh, it's another, it's another gorgeous game to put on a Sega Saturn Mini. Another example of how good games could look on it, and you know, it's just an, an absolute laugh. <laughs> that is, that is just, it's crazy. Oh, it's just so much fun. I absolutely love it. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, and on that, so what's your uh, your number six then, mate? So uh, my number six, uh, so we've had one RPG already and I've kind of loaded a few on here <laughs> in my latter half. Um, but this one, I played this game uh, around the time when Final Fantasy VII came out and in my head, this made up for the fact that the biggest PlayStation game of all time uh, <laughs> was grabbing everyone's hearts and minds. But for me, Shining in the Holy Ark was an absolute revolution at the time. And I think that that has to come to the Sega Saturn Mini. Another one where the IP is 100% Sega's. It's another game that actually looks pretty stunning today. Mm -hmm. uh, the the pre-rendered sprites uh, look look stunning. There's, there's that typical Shining cutesy look to them all. Uh, they look brilliant. You know, that sort of cute, cross between you know, cutesy and anime. The story is fantastic. Uh, I was playing it uh, a couple of years ago um, for my top 50 Sega Saturn games uh, and that had been the first time I played it in a while and I get absolutely sucked into it again it's just so good the the cast of characters the story uh, the fact that it's first person you know there wasn't many first or was there I think I think there were any first person RPGs uh, on consoles apart from perhaps Shining in the Darkness on the Mega Drive which is obviously the same series but you know you look at how Things like uh, Skyrim uh, and Fallout and stuff are how popular mm -hmm. they are today, and you've only got you know uh, Starfield coming down the down the line, one of the most eagerly anticipated games. All these Bethesda first-person RPGs, but it's, it's uh, this is a first-person JRPG, 
that really just hits the mark. It's uh, it's a stunning game. Another one that I think it was unfairly overlooked in the past. It reviewed well, but uh, it was one that I think people passed over. Obviously, didn't have the 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 juggernaut of hype behind it like uh, Final Fantasy VII did. But uh, I think people in recent years have really started coming around to, to how good it really is. Uh, unfortunately, that means that it has been driving the price up. And I think that you sadly now it's only you can only get it for about three figures if you want it boxed and complete. Really? Uh, yeah. Because um, naively, and this is a couple of years ago when I said it, I was like, it's one of the best games on the Saturn. It's one of the it's one of my top five RPGs. That's how much I love it. It's one of my top five RPGs of all time. And so I was like, all right, I'll go and get it. I was like, yeah. Like, Last time I looked, it wasn't much, and I was like, oh, it was uh, it was eighty quid then to get to get a copy of it, and I think it's even more now, sadly. But Jeez. that just adds to the value of the of the mini device. Exactly. I mean, I think if we were to total up how much in terms of you know acquiring these physically, that this is going to you know seeing us going to save us a fortune here. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to the rescue of ailing retro gamers everywhere. Um, but criminally, it's one that I've never actually sat down and played start to finish. Um, again, it's one that's on on Fenrir. Um, didn't own that one back in the day. Um, I've had a wee look at it, but I've not sat down to it. But that endorsement you've given it me, um, someone whose opinion I hold very highly when it comes to games. So um, I think I owe it to, to myself and to you to, to actually maybe dedicate a bit of time to that. I think once I finish... Finish off Shenmue 2, finally. I think that might be one to, to sit down and kind of dedicate a bit of proper time to. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an epic as well, though. I mean, it takes quite a long time to finish. I think the, the, the one negative thing I would say about it is that the opening dungeon, when you're in the mod, you have to get out of these mines, uh, drags on a little bit. Uh, and can be a bit of a slog to get out of, and I think that might leave some people with the wrong impression. But anyone that persists with it out of there, once you get to the to the town and you go into the pub and you start talking to everyone in the pub and everything, <laughs> it's, it's it's everything absolute... good starts in the pub. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> as soon as the pub's involved, the day just brightens up. The birds are singing, the <laughs> ice cold ale down the back of your throat, you know, and the venture truly begins then. But I, honestly, I can't sing this game praises enough. It's 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 got to be on there for me. But I went, mate. Superb, mate. So, uh, what is your your number seven? So my number seven uh, is again we're going back to a platformer, and it's one of the Saturn's earlier games, something sort of a, a kind of early mascot along with the kind of Clockwork Knight uh, kind of angle we had earlier. Um, a game which I remember on G4's Legends show that's on YouTube from back in the day, it's talking about the kind of the launch and the, the failure of the Saturn. Um, and Bernie Stoller's on there. He's actually quite damning of, of this game. Um, and he <laughs> says it's, it's you know the the hardware failed because the software wasn't wasn't there and the games weren't fun. And one of the games that are playing as he says that is this one. And I, I like it. It's Bug. Yeah, I like Bug an awful lot. I think yeah, it's, so. that's a good big game. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those games that again I thought. You know, back in 1995 when it released, this is one of the ones that really thought, I thought, wow, you know, this is what you thought of when you thought about 3D platformers, not just walking back and forth like he had done in Sonic and Mario, but, you know, walking forward and back into the screen. This thing, this seemed to me like, like 3D platformers were meant to be, and I was extremely impressed with it. Yeah, uh, it's, I mean, again, the the kind of le- the kind of sense of depth in the stages, the fact that you can walk into the screen, out towards the screen, 
you know, um, the scaling was nice, it moved at a nice rate, nice wee challenge, nothing too too complex, but again, nice and colourful, reasonably showed what the Saturn could do. Again, that kind of scaling in and out that I mentioned, it was, it was really nice. I just think it would be, again, you've got that kind of seriousness, that kind of in-depth. You've went from, you know, shining the holy ark there, and then you're going to come back to something like Bug, which is a bit more laid back, a bit more fun, a bit of humour to it. Um, so I think, again, that along with Clockwork Night, I think would be a nice kind of comic relief platform-based, you know, um, action on there, just to kind of pass the time, maybe let people experience a game that, you know, not a lot of people talk about. It's kind of, I don't imagine that goes for very much. It was a very, very common no. game, you know, probably goes for a few quid. So maybe it's one of these ones that gets overlooked. No one really considers it these days. Um, and I think just having it on there, maybe, you know, perk a bit of curiosity in a few people, and allow it to, to maybe get a, a new audience in, in 2020, whatever year Sega would release this. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, I fa- I've always found it absolutely bastard hard. Oh, it is. <laughs> aye, aye. It's, it's got a, a challenge to it, but um, <laughs> I just I think it's, it's just one of these games that I just think it, it deserves a, a second audience. Um, just, again, it's cheap, might be overlooked. But aye, it's, it's definitely got a, a challenge to it as well. Yeah, I think I think it's definitely fun. I think he's really endearing in a really nineties <laughs> kind of way. It's so uh, like when he gets to the, uh, the the continue screen. Uh, what does he say? It's like, okay, Mister Game Guy, what now? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I love all that. It's, it's all these wires cracks, and yeah, it's 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 nineties. It's nineties is all hell. But I absolutely love it. It's um, it's a wee bit like Abe from Oddworld, but without the burping <laughs> and farting. It's, it's a cross between him and Bubsy, but a lot is a man as a latter. <laughs> <laughs> Aye, so that that's that's my uh, my seventh choice, mate. I've I've went for Bug. Um, so what what's your number seven? My number seven. Uh, well, I did say uh, RPGs are coming, and uh, of course, the Sega Saturn couldn't be without this one. It's Shining Force Free. So oh. you know, the, this game again is kind of legendary at this point. Uh, the sad thing is that I'm talking Shining Force 3 as in the official PAL or US versions. Um, I think that is all we could reasonably expect to get. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been some fantastic work in the modern community to, to restore and translate the other two scenarios. Obviously, Shining Force 3 came in three parts, and you can now play those three parts, and they're all interlinked You know, decades before Mass Effect did the same thing. Uh, with choices and characters that survive and stuff, Find Shining Force 3 did it in Japan. Uh, so unfortunately, that wouldn't make its way across. But I think, you know, I the lot, when I did, again, this is coming back to me doing my top 50 Sega Saturn games a couple of years back. And uh, Shining Force 3 was, I think I had it around, it, it was in like the teens, uh, because I remember I loved it. Uh, and as a kid, it was another one where I, I played it so much, I was kind of dreaming about it, but then I couldn't beat it. And then I left it for a while. So when I came back to do it for the for the top 50, I started playing through it, obviously. And uh, I couldn't put it down. And I beat it. And as I was doing the top 50, uh, I was getting up to like where I was doing Shining Force 3. I was going to go, mm, I'm going to do Shining Force 3 this week. But you know what? I'm going to put Virtual Cop below that. Mm, do you know what? I'm also going to put this below it. And until it ended up with Shining Force 3 was like number 7th by the time I finished <laughs> Oh, brilliant. It's uh, it's 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 so good. Even if it's just that scenario one 
of the official translated version that came to the US and to, to Europe, I think you have to have that on there. It's it's again, it's another one of the greatest RPGs of all time, in my opinion. Um, certainly one of the greatest tactical RPGs of all time. It's it looks great, the story's fantastic, and it plays really well. There's so many different outcomes and stuff, and as I say, you can't carry that over to the other scenarios. But the way that you know you can change the story, some characters survive, some don't. There's tons of hidden stuff in there. It's endlessly replayable as well. So. <laughs> Another one that goes for about 150 quid. So, again, definitely getting their money's worth if they're getting that Sega Saturn Mini. I mean, Sega aren't known for being as strict when it comes to ROMs and stuff as, like, Nintendo. You know, I think Sega are quite lax and happy that there's a community out there that are kind of remembering the legacy and kind of sharing it and, and enjoying these games and trying to find a new audience. I mean, maybe they would just go, you know, fan communities translated scenario two and three just put the three of them on there yeah i think i think the challenge <laughs> always is i think they're okay with fan projects aren't they they won't shut them down like nintendo mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. but um from what i've always gleaned and what my assumption has been is that they're okay with other people doing them they're not okay with other people making money off them mm-hmm. and they're not okay with releasing them themselves because if you're using someone else's translation, then you've got to credit that person. And I think in a lot of these nah, translations, mm. there's more than one person. It becomes a bit of a legal mess to try and detangle and say, well, who's responsible for translating this? Who's responsible for creating this font, etc." So um, I'd love it if they, if they could, you know, bring one of those fans translations in because for the mega drive mini, they had that port of Darius, didn't they? Mm-hmm. And that was done by us. That was a kind of a fan version as far as i understand but i don't know if that was less complicated because that was a single person so who knows if we could get all three running force free games on there then for god's sake stick them all on there but um <laughs> even 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 the standard shining force free on its own i think would be uh more enough are you listening dantes <laughs> <laughs> oh geez i just make it so as picard would say make it so Make it so. Okay, oh. mate. And speaking of making it so, what would you make it so on your next uh, next uh, Sega Saturn oh, mini these, these sideways are, are brilliant, mate. Honestly, you're, you're <laughs> flying. Um, so again, I've went for another game that didn't come to the UK. It did come to the West as a US release only. It is, of course, becoming more notorious for being Sega Lord X's intro music, um, but it's the wonderfully charming, absolutely gorgeous 2D side-scrolling platform kind of action game. It is a stall. I think Sega Lord X has done more to get that game into people's hands than any and than Sega have ever done. Aye, <laughs> you know, um, I I mean, a stall is just it's gorgeous. Like again, I don't understand why if it got regionalized for you know the US, why they wouldn't. You know why Sega Europe didn't bother to to bring it over to to the UK. I don't understand that at all. But again, a gorgeous game, just charming character, another kind of early era kind of Sega mascot. Um, very clever little kind of platform game, very stylized. You kind of grab enemies and throw them over your shoulder. They turn into crystals which you collect. Um, there's kind of smash attacks. You can jump up and and. You know, obviously hit the, the, the ERC, you can basically do a, a kind of double hand smash on enemies. Um, 
the character himself, a style is quite a kind of edgy attitude about him. Um, right at the start, whenever you do the first kind of mission and you you rescue the the bird in the cage, and the bird tries to follow you, and he, he basically chastises, "Stupid bird, go away!" <laughs> <laughs> you know, doesn't he want him following him? Um, so there's a wee bit of attitude there, a bit of humour. Uh, just a really enjoyable wee game again. Challenging, you know, has its has its challenge, but visually absolutely stunning to look at and kind of showed kind of early on the the kind of 2D prowess although again very much like kind of Guardian Heroes there is that aspect where at times the camera will scale in and out so sometimes like a stall will get a bit smaller most of the time it will be quite a big sprite on the screen as well beautifully animated and just one that I think again um, it's a game that deserves you know to have a more mainstream audience in the kind of the current current kind of climate so yeah a stall is my my next choice a perfect choice as well mate i am um, again it, yeah it was uh sega lord x who brought my attention to it because <laughs> as they say we never got it over here it was completely completely ignored for some reason it got really bad reviews in the u.s which was harsh, yeah i mean the fact that people say say oh we've had all these sorts of games and it's derivative it's a 2d platformer but do you know what? It's, you play it, and it's it's very unique. There's a, mm-hmm. the whole the whole soundtrack has that gorgeous sort of ambience to it. It's very mm-hmm. low key and mellow and haunting and mysterious, and I love that. And the, the visuals, as you say, that they're the t- best two D visuals of of its era. Definitely the best two D visuals that year, and it's just absolutely gorgeous. It plays great. It looks great. It's got a decent amount of challenge. Um, I beat the Japanese version when I managed to get hold of that a copy of that. Um, and I absolutely loved it. It's a game that I love to go back to. So yeah, it's a shame that it never ever, ever came over to Europe. There's a whole a whole continent, a whole audience that uh, that missed out on it. But putting it on the on the Sega Saturn Mini would be would be doing by, right by those people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what's your number eight then, mate? Number eight. Uh, it's another one where you know what you probably do need a peripheral to get the very very best out of this, but. Let's be honest, you can't have a Sega Saturn Mini without Virtua Cop. Um, uh, Virtua Cop, uh, you know, such an important game for the for the Sega Saturn. Um, defined it in so many ways. Um, Pandemonium's recent recent video doing the review, oh. the four-hour-long epic four, <laughs> release. Four hours and 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, geez, the amount of work that guy put in in the research, incredible content. Yeah, outstanding. Um, it's yeah, it's it it goes way beyond that document. Goes way beyond the uh, the actual the actual game itself, but it just shows how how important that game was to the Sega Saturn, to its development, to its tools, to to the very future of its software. But uh, the game itself is is a classic. Um, a wonderful conversion of the arcade. Uh, it looks stunning on the Saturn, um, considering it was, you know, kind of in its first year, it was making games look that good in 3D. Um, it really is another showpiece to, to the system. Ideally, you want a virtual gun or stunner, or depending where you are, to, 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 to play virtual cop. But you know you can play it well enough with uh, with the control pad. Um, if they let you plug in a USB mouse, you could play it that way as well. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you, you were playing it with the pad, wasn't you, the other day? Yeah, yeah, I had a shot of it. Um, I got to the second the second kind of stage of medium. Uh, try to play it in order before I exhausted all my credits. But 
Um, it is a game that I have one credit completed back in the day whenever I, I used to play it on my, my CRT with a with a Virtua gun. Um, Virtua Cop for me again is it's a game with a lot of memories attached to it. Um, as I say, was talking to you the other day after we both watched um, you know, Pandemonium's brilliant documentary and the only shop where I've ever had anything games related in my youth that is still standing today is ironically the W. H. Smiths in Argyll Street in Glasgow where you go in and you go down to the basement and that's where they had all their entertainment stuff. So at the time you have VHSs, CDs, LPs, cassettes and obviously computer games. Um, and I can always remember just, again, those kind of weekend trips into town and my uncle took me in and, you know, well, he was looking at CDs or LPs or something and I clocked the Virtua Cop game and gun pack just sitting there um, on a bottom shelf in the paltry little kind of Saturn corner that they had um, and you know, I was standing there looking at the back and holding the box, as you do when you're a kid. You're kind of hoping that the the adult that's with you is going to, you know, take the hint <laughs> and buy it for you. Um, <laughs> and 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 Monko did that day. He, he bought it, um, and honestly, just coming home and playing that, um, you know, playing it on his Saturn back at home. He had a big at that point, kind of big fifty inch rear projection TV, so it was an a crazy experience to go back and, and play Virtua Cop on that. That was like having the arcade game in, in the house. It was just insane. Um, I just An amazing port, one that I've got even more respect for since watching the, the development team, the fact that some of these guys hadn't programmed before, they hadn't been like, you know, any kind of producers on any projects before. They were all kids, rookies at Sega. And they were basically tasked with, you know, taking on this new Sega graphics library and, and building a port of a game that was literally going to be used to say to the world, here is the Sega Saturn doing games in 3D. And what a job they done. So I get Virtua Cop on there, mate. What a game. What a game indeed. I mean, you know, they say the Sega Saturn was difficult to develop for. You've got these novices coming in, showing everyone out. <laughs> 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 I like the I like the anecdote that they had where they said that Yukazuki came in and said, uh, basically your game's crap to play with the D pad, so improve it. Aye. <laughs> Aye. And then to improve it at the end. And you'd have to play with a D pad with the Sega Saturn Mini. I mean, even with the best one in the world, unless they get some sort of Sindon light gun, which again, how much do they cost? They're about hundred quid, aren't they? Aye. Yeah, you'd have to play it with a pad, but I think it's it's great to play with a pad. Um, I don't think there'll be any issues with it, especially if you get a couple of you with the red and blue cars. So I think, yeah, do you know what? You've got to have Virtual Cop on it. You can't not have it on there. No, oh, totally, mate. Totally. Okay, mate. So we're getting near the end now of our of our first party pick. So what is your number eight? Uh, so it's my number nine. Sorry, it's number so nine, yeah. Number sorry. nine. Yeah. So I have gone for Treasures Radiant Silver Gun, another... Um, Japan only release um, was released on Sega's STV board in May of 1998 and in July of the same year it came to the Sega Saturn and again one of these games which is just going up and up in price from memory I paid 120 quid for that and that would have been the year end of 99 start of 2000 um, and when I sold it in 2006 for the rest of my, my collection, um, I made about another 
80, 90 quid on top of that again. So I had a copy of that with the spine card and all the wee inserts and all that in there. Um, very easy to come across, you know, back at, at that point in time. But um, a game which wouldn't have any real licensing issues. It's already on Xbox Live. You know, it's been on Xbox Live Arcade with the 360. It's, you know, went over to Xbox One. It's now on Series S and X as well. So the license is clearly there to, to allow it to be used. Um, Obviously, Sega published it. Um, Treasure were the ones who developed it. But again, just a lot of people kind of talk about Ikaruga, and I think Ikaruga has reached a more mainstream penetration. I think because it was obviously also on Xbox Live Arcade, it was on the GameCube whenever it came out, it was also on Dreamcast. Um, but Radiant Silver Gun, I think, is definitely the harder of the two. Um, it's got a brilliant soundtrack as well. Um, Ikaruga's oh, yeah. got a great soundtrack, but I just think Radiant Silver Gun just beats um, its sequel. Uh, and again, we haven't had anything in terms of, you know, shoot 'em ups um, I'm not going to call it a shmup. Um, I remember I was watching a, <laughs> I was watching an interview with, with Dominic Diamond on another retro podcast, and he was having a rant about taking two words and mashing them together. Just call it a shoot 'em up. It doesn't take... <laughs> It doesn't take you much longer to say shoot them up than it does to say shmup, so stop being so lazy and calling them shmups. Um, <laughs> easier so, to write, though. What's that? Easier to write, though. Easier to write, mate, I, but uh, I just think it's one of the kind of angry Scottish things that we, we, we find. <laughs> We've got a habit of doing that. We just find something that annoys us and we just have a rant about it. So um, we haven't had any, any shoot them ups on here um, in that kind of vein. So um, I think Radiant Silver Gun would be a given it's kind of folklore on the Saturn as one of the kind of early import titles that you were kind of urged to, to get. You know, you had like X-Men versus Street Fighter, you had Dead or Alive and you had Radiant Silver Gun. Those were the kind of three that you were told by Rich Ledbetter, you need to chip your Saturn and get them on imports. <laughs> yep. So um, I think it's got that wee bit of lore about it in terms of the kind of Saturn community. So yeah, Radiant Silver Gun is my ninth choice. Yeah, it's my favourite uh, shoot 'em up of all time. Uh, I absolutely adore it. You wanted to see Shmup, didn't you? I wanted to say Shmup. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favourite of all time. Um, I've still got my copy with, uh, it's got one of the few that I've got the spine card with it as well. Somehow that survived my teenage years. Um, and I absolutely adore it. As you say, the soundtrack is fantastic. Um, I'd love to get hold of the translation uh, that's, that was out there that's disappeared now. Because mm-hmm. always, although I don't know, because I've always got my own story in my head of what they're actually saying <laughs> <laughs> that I've had for like 26 years. Don't, uh, don't, I, don't mess with that, mate. That's, that's, that's ingrained. Just keep that. Yeah, I've got the I've got the Xbox port, but um, that one, obviously, Radiant Silver Guns is a very challenging game. Mm-hmm. And I can get my way through it on Saturn mode, but after several attempts, after you've leveled up your weapons and got enough credits, but I think the Xbox one, you can't earn credits, so you still have to do it in one. And oh. uh, yeah, um, again, it's another one of these little things like like Guardian Heroes. It's great on Xbox, but it's still not quite as, as special as it is on, on Sega Saturn. So that original Sega Saturn version, especially since, you know, the uh, aspect ratio is a little bit different. You see more of the screen. I think it has to be, uh, it has to be on Saturn. Uh, so brilliant choice there, mate. Superb. Excellent, excellent. So what's your ninth and penultimate choice then? So my penultimate choice uh, is going to be Deep Fear. So, you know, we talked about about the PS Classic earlier and one of the standout games on that, uh, because there weren't many standout games there, but one of the good ones (laughs) uh, was the original Resident Evil. 
Um, and, you know, we'll talk about our third party picks later on. We're only going to do one each. And I, I don't think there would be any trouble getting Resident Evil, the original Saturn Resident Evil from Capcom. But uh, I think Deep Fear, you can play Resident Evil so many ways, but the original, but Deep Fear is such an, a unique horror experience. It's so tense, you know. Mm-hmm. If you love, you know, the the, the feeling that you you know, you've got to get your resupply your air, that you're not only you know, running from these monsters or hiding from these monsters trying to kill them, but you're you're struggling with his air supply. And when you fire your gun, the uh, oxygen in your area depletes, which is something that would actually happen as that as, as your bullets combust and stuff. So it adds a real t- neat twist on the on the horror genre. And it's really enjoyable. The voice acting is absolutely atrocious. Um, <laughs> uh, as bad as House of the Dead too. It's it's hands down quite easily the worst um, like, um, acting that I've heard on a Sega system. I'm, I'm hard pressed to think of any worse voice acting anywhere. Um, I think there's one character that that's. Um, meant to be quite camp and it's just I think it'd be an insult to anyone in that community just how he's portrayed it's just so it's it's awful acting um it's always offensive when you when you when you hear some of these characters talk mm. so um but that aside the voice acting aside it's a fantastic a fantastic game um it's it really ups the tension the way that it's positioned. Quite a long game as well. It's about ten hours long, so it's uh, it goes over a couple of this. So you know, probably as long as a single playthrough of or two playthroughs of Resident Evil Two would be. Um, but yeah, that's why Deep Fear would be my pick. Yeah, it's one of those kind of funny games as well because it was obviously one of, if not the last official PAL release for, was, for yeah. Saturn, but it got scrapped for its US release, but the US version has has leaked online, so it was completed uh, and completely done. So you can you can acquire it um, and use it on an ODE um, if you wanted to have you know the kind of native sixty hertz version. But the the kind of aspects of it that you spoke about there again coming out so late in the Saturn's life, you know, almost like an afterthought that it's just kind of thrown out there. Um, and not getting that kind of audience that it deserved because a lot of the mechanics you spoke about there, that's really clever. You know, the, the stuff Resident Evil, obviously it's legendary. Uh, we all know the, the kind of various games that it spawned in the series and it's still going strong today. But, you know, it's very dumbed down. You know, you're just a cop trying to run away from zombies and you shoot them if they come near you. But for Sega to try and take the survival horror concept, put it underwater and then add realistic, you know, life kind of scientific, you know, caveats in there that like firing your gun, obviously, you know, the combustion on it, it depletes the oxygen in your area, having to go and replenish your oxygen tank and stuff like that, get your, that there is very, very clever. So again, I think that's a game that really does deserve, again, a more, you know, captive, more recent audience to, to appreciate it rather than it just being another one of these games that's remembered as, all right, the Saturn was dead, so they chucked a couple of games out just to kind of finish <laughs> yeah. it off. You know, um, it deserves more than that, so that's no, a great choice. Yeah, it's another one as well. I mean, the PAL version goes for, what, two, three hundred pounds? Oh, f- I mean, between between that... Panzer Dragoon Saga, Radiant Silver Gun and Triumph Force 3, you, you, the, the games are worth about a grand on there anyway, so... <laughs> 
Mate, you know it's going to happen. They'll make this certain money, right? And then basically it will sell out, and then the certain money will start going for the combined cost of the. <laughs> Just create a whole new monster. Yeah. <laughs> Sega Saturn Mini, £2,000. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised, mate, honestly. No, I really I wouldn't. wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, mate, if you want to give us your, uh, your last pick for your first party uh, Sega game to come on the Mini. Yeah, so my final one, I'm finishing off with another arcade port. We heard some music from earlier on during our weekend of Until the Dare. It is Sega AM3's 1996 arcade smash, which came to the EU in 97, late 96 in Japan and the US. It is the brilliant virtual on Cyber Troopers. Oh, I absolutely love this game, and I think yeah, if you if our listeners enjoyed the music just now, uh, that's just one track out of what's one of my favourite soundtracks in any game ever. Um, but it plays like a dream as well, and it looks absolutely fantastic. I know the developers said that they had a, a bit of a, a bit of a task on them when they tried to bring it over to the Sega Saturn, but uh, I think they did an amazing job, and they even mm-hmm. managed to get a split screen option in there, which is <laughs> uh, absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, I've never had the pleasure of playing it with the twin sticks. I would love to get my hands on the twin sticks to actually play it properly, to get a real arcade experience of it. Um, They've done a really good job porting the controls over to a standard controller um, to make it as playable as it is. We have a learning curve on there in terms of rotating your camera and things like that, but in the main, um, it works really well, but I would love to play it with with the twin sticks. But visually, Again, you know, for a Model 2 port, it's remarkably close, um, considering the hardware it's running on. You know, big mechs, big colourful mechs, you know, they, they fill the screen, the explosion effects, the arenas are all really, really extravagant, just, you know, different kind of um, areas you can hide behind or strategic kind of use in the stages and whatnot. So, I just brilliant. The soundtrack's incredible. You see, you heard one of, just one of the mm-hmm. tracks earlier. The whole soundtrack is just an absolute banger. It's brilliant. Um, I prefer Virtual On to Virtual On 2 on Dreamcast. Um, yeah. I, I would always play the first one. I would I prefer that. Um, but no, just, again, no issues with any kind of licensing on there. Finishing off with another kind of coin-op. Um, I think it's, it's only fair that you know, we we honour Sega's kind of arcade heritage by getting as many of the the unique experiences we can on there. Um, some people call it a fighting game. Well, I wouldn't call it a fighting game. It's like a mech combat sim. Um, but I love the fact that on the Saturn version and on the arcade version as well, you you look at the back of the robots and they've got wee mini, wee mini Saturns. Yeah, I was going to say that's one <laughs> bit of product placement that's in there is the old Sega Saturn powered backs. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, on Virtual On Two Auditorio Tangram, it's got the the Dreamcast on the back of them, the mechs as well. But um, no, I would hundred percent have that on there. Just nothing about it could be could be omitted. Right there to that absolutely brilliant soundtrack. Yeah, it's got to be on there, mate. I absolutely one hundred percent agree. Uh, it's quite interesting. I was listening to uh, the uh, Triple KO podcast. It's got Maximilian Dude, uh, Matt McMuscles, and Justin Wong. Mm. Uh, it's, um, and they were talking about you know revolutionary fighting games, and uh, Max actually talked about Virtual On uh, as being a revolutionary fighting game because it was the very first arena fighter, um, and in his view, mm. that's what things like Power Stone, um, 
uh, Wu-Tang takes the pain and everything all owe a debt to is the creation of is what Virtual One did. So Virtual One walked uh, walk so they could run. Well, to be honest, I don't think any of them are anywhere near as good as Virtual One. Uh, maybe Power Stone, but uh, Virtual One is an amazing game and uh, a trendsetter. I'd, I'd agree with Max on that. Always like Max, honestly. Guy's brilliant. <laughs> he's, he's, his opinions are very, very aligned to ours when it comes to stuff like Virtua Fighter and stuff like that as well. Um, that video clip you sent me when he was basically, you know, absolutely in awe about, you know, we were talking about this is like 1993 and look at the look at the graphics we've got here and, you know, in Virtua Fighter and Te- all Tekken did up until like Tekken 4, which is basically copy everything Virtua Fighter did. I was like... <laughs> This guy's just this he's just basically preaching exactly yeah. what we think. So um aye, no, Max is great, so he's he's bang on there. It's yeah. the first arena fighter, brilliant. Yeah, uh, I'd agree. So fantastic choice there, mate. No worries. And let's now finish off your ten first party games. So I had a list of ten ten games and we went we went together, didn't we? You know, you chose ten and then I had a list and I chose ten from that list. And I'm looking at my last one now. And I've got Dynamite Decker in here, which, you know, that might be a bit difficult because Die Hard Arcade had to get the license. And uh, I don't know if there's enough of a likeness in there, you know, with Bruno to Bruce Willis and the, the mm. tower to Nakatomi Plaza. Um, so it's always been a tentative one. But I'm looking at our list and I've realized that I've done the unthinkable, mate. <laughs> I've left off Virtual Fighter 2. I thought so... that. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry sorry bruno uh sorry diehard arcade slash dynamite decker um it only goes to show what the absolute breadth of the sega saturn library is that such a game that's so phenomenal has to be jettisoned but you cannot you cannot have a sega saturn mini without virtual fighter 2 it has to be on there we've talked about how it's the home of fighting games, how that certain games are virtual tour de force on the console, how it's how games are just withstood the test of time. If we're talking about iconic Sega Saturn games, the best selling Sega Saturn game, the game that really showed the world what the Sega Saturn could do visually, the game that runs in high definition, the game that was played competitively all over Japan, that took the whole country by storm, that made the Sega Saturn the best selling console for, you know, well over a year until Final Fantasy 7 came out. You know, you can't not have Virtua Fighter 2 on there. It's just so important. And to be honest, mate, whenever I turn on my Saturn, whether it's the PAL version or a Japanese version, I'll always stick Virtua Fighter 2 on because it's the first game I played for the sake of Saturn. Even even worse now that I left it off my initial list. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's because you wrote Virtua Fighter Remix. You can have Virtua Fighter 2 then. And I've read Virtual Fighter 2 and not put it in my list. But yeah, even worse <laughs> on my part there. But yeah, first game that I, you know, when I took my Sega Saturn home from Curry's after arguing with the shop attendant about not wanting a PlayStation, <laughs> plugged the SCART lead into my Rumbelow's widescreen, I think it was a Goodman's telly, RGB SCART, turned it on, and it was absolutely phenomenal. It's glorious seeing it on that screen. Uh, and I don't think I felt a, a generational jump like going from the Mega Drive to that. Uh, so to have a game of that importance, I think a lot of people, more people have played Virtual Fighter 2 than anyone else. Obviously, it's the system's best-selling game. It's got such a... Uh, it's in the lifeblood of the system, so it has to be on there. And it's just... All that aside, it's just one of the best games on the system. Aye. 
it's it's it is synonymous with the system. I think um, when you heard that Virtua Fighter Two was being ported over, I think the the level of scepticism that was that was met, you know, that the news was met with, um, was was it was very high. Um, I remember obviously you're reading magazines at the time, and they were saying Virtua Fighter Two is coming, and people looked at VF One and had a look at Remix, and you're thinking, oh, can can the Saturn pull it off? Um, and the big three of VF2, Sega Rally and Virtua Cop dispelled all myths about the Saturn not being able to do Model 2 ports, but Virtua Fighter 2 running at 60 FPS, high resolution mode, um, is just, and for me, it's the, the greatest single technical achievement of that generation. Never mind Sega Rally, as much as I adore Sega Rally and Virtua Cop, as we've just talked about Pandemonium's brilliant documentary and all the kind of information that came out of that. The AM2 were able to put Virtua Fighter 2 and in that level of, you know, it's okay if you're in it with the arcade version, it's not arcade perfect, but even just to watch the Saturn version running, it is an absolute marvel. I, like you, mate, sometimes I'll just, if, if I've not got time to play it, sometimes I'll just put it on and just, you know, stick off. If I'm doing notes for the show or, you know, working away or something. Sometimes I'll just put on the, the watch mode and just let it run through a few fights because it's astounding to watch it running. It's just an absolutely incredible port um, and absolutely deserves its place on, on Sega Saturn Mini. In fact, I think it should be the first game that's selectable whenever you turn the thing on. I think <laughs> Virtua Fighter 2 should be the, the, the first selected window as you go through the wee carousel to pick your game, I think. That would be the first one to be highlighted because, aye, it's just a game that all Saturn owners from the day have got memories of being literally blown away. We all seen the VHS tape that came with Sega Saturn magazine, and it had the kind of the the demo of of Lou and and Pi having their week in a like punch off. I think it's on Jeffrey stage um, that they're having a week in of display where they're showing off the movement of the models and stuff like that. And that was mind blowing in itself to see that. Um, there's a couple of fights as well that it shows you. Um, the hit points aren't quite there yet. Like the fighters are, the throws work. They can throw each other, but if they're punching or kicking, they're not registering. But you still got an idea of just how amazing the the game looked. And I to see that, you know, late '95, um, early '96, to see that kind of thing running on the Saturn was just mind blown. Absolutely mind blown. Yeah, it really was, mate. I mean, yeah, I'd I'd have it, I'd have it boot straight into the attract mode of it. That's it. And you've got you've got on a weekend. Oh, fantastic, mate. Oh, yeah. picking you up and yeah. No, the wee, the wee sound effects are brilliant. Oh, uh, I or going to the other CG uh, intro that's you know for the for the um you know it goes for, it upgrades them from the Virtua Fighter One models to the Virtua Fighter. That's right. It's it's a lot more mellow. Is it? Oh, we're hitting the tones there, mate. Well played. <laughs> you were braver than me to try that. Oh, but oh, we could go on about that game for ages. And anyone that's new to the show, 
you can go onto the uh, archives of Radio Sega and we've got a virtual two episodes that um, if you want to hear more about it and more of us express our love for that game there you go but we we move on mate so we've done our we've done our 21st party games <laughs> and as, as we said we could have done we could have done a lot more and this is with us being stingy and saying <laughs> you know you can't you can't have licensed cars you don't have the Daytona license you don't have the Lancia license um so yeah that's a strong 20 games but uh we could probably get some third party ones on there but uh I think we said that we do one each so if you'd like to tell mm-hmm. our listeners what your first first third party or your only third party choice would be yeah so i have gone for uh, lobotomy software's exhumed as it's called in the uk uh, which i think is the better name but it's also known as power slave um in the states um this game i think really showed off with the slave driver engine that the saturn could pull off you know first person shooters with high levels of environmental detail with fantastic lighting effects and a really really smooth frame rate um obviously the slave driver engine was also used to power duke nukem 3d on saturn as well as quake um you know tom carmack decided not to use it for doom um less said the better um, about that port but you know Exhumed is a wonderful game um, again I don't think there'll be too much issue trying to maybe get a license for that I don't know what lobotomies kind of current status is where they are and what they're up to these days but um, it has already been remade you know there's a modern remake of, of Power Slave um, that's been done I think was it the was it Modern Vintage Gamer was he one of the guys that worked on on that I'm not sure if he worked on it I know I know it got a, a lot of coverage that remake but yeah. I mean, he may have done um, so yeah um, that's been redone so if the fact they're allowed to kind of you know touch base and, and kind of use the assets and the name and things and kind of re-release it um, I'm sure that it shouldn't be too much trouble to get it on a, a Saturn Mini but again I kind of a game that really great story, great exploration, you know, different weapons, that Egyptian setting, you know, varied enemies, great level design, um, just an absolutely brilliant Saturn title, timeless, um, one that really did stand out in a game. Whenever you ran it for the first time, it was like, holy shit, this is really impressive because it runs at a fair pelt, the controls, um, the way it's set up on the, the D-pad as well on the, the Saturn controller, very intuitive, cleverly done to kind of get that level of kind of strafing and looking and, you know, moving your weapon and stuff. There's an element of auto-aim in there as well, which helps, but um, no, Exhumed um, is just a, a great game. So I think, again, it was one of those titles that was quite synonymous with Saturn. Um, yeah. at that time so I think given that kind of <clears throat> so pardon me, iconic kind of status from, from the 90s I think it's only fair that it, it would kind of take pride of place on there as my third party choice Yep, I 100% agree with you there mate, it's uh, it's an absolute marvel on the system and it really was uh, something to behold back in the day and still is now uh, I've never beaten it but uh, you're talking about the controls just now, I've just remembered I think Power Slave has analog support, whereas Exhumed does not. And because I've always had Exhumed, but now via the power of Fenrir, I may be able to pay Power Slave. <laughs> I may have one last stab at trying to beat it. So um, Is that right? Power Slave supports the 3D controller? I've got, uh, from memory, I think that may be the case. I'm sure someone may be screaming at us oh. right now trying to say otherwise. But uh, 
because I remember us plugging the 3D pad in, thinking it worked with Duke and and Quake. Why isn't it work with PowerSlave? And I looked it up, and I looked with Exhumed, and obviously it went to PowerSlave on the forums. People were saying it did work. And I was like, oh, why is not it working? And I think, I'm sure if someone said it did work with PowerSlave, but then, then someone said it was left out for the power release. Hmm. Um, okay. So Strange. Yeah. But uh, it has to, again, mate, it's another one. If you've got third-party games on there, I think Exhumed has to be on there. It's just such an important third-party game for the system. Yeah, totally, mate. And uh, we'll move on to finish off with uh, with your third-party pick and made a bit of a, a laugh in the WhatsApp chat because you say to me, am I that predictable? Yeah, <laughs> but... <and> <laughs> I just know you well enough, mate. That's it. <laughs> uh, to the surprise of absolutely no one, uh, I will go with Street Fighter Alpha 2. Um, I thought it was quite, again, we're talking about Pandemonium's um, documentary again now, but uh, that virtual, the Virtual Cop team saying how much they enjoyed playing Street Fighter Alpha <laughs> on the That's set. right. That's right, yeah. And uh, it's a, it's another one that I think, again, is synonymous with the Sega Saturn. I think there was a time where early on, you know, people felt that the uh, the two D prowess of Saturn and PlayStation weren't too far apart, and then Street Fighter Alpha Two just cemented how far ahead the Saturn was. But uh, you know, we talked about it a lot in the um, in our Capcom episode mm-hmm. that that we did uh, a while back. Um, it showed me when you know I was with my mates and we were playing Tekken and Virtual Fighter, and um, at that time it was all you know a bit like a, a bit like the Sony marketing train. There, it was all about 3D, and you know we thought that you know 3D fighters were the now 2D fighters were the past, and they played Alpha Two, and it just went. You know what? 2D is still top dog in a lot of ways, and it's my it's still one of the greatest fighting games ever made in my eyes. Um, it's my second favorite fighting game of all time. And uh, it's one that, again, it's, an, it's just like Virtua Fighter 2. I'll stick Street Fighter Alpha on, Street Fighter Alpha 2 on whenever I'm putting my play, my Saturn on and I've not got much time to play. Um, my play time is limited. So, yeah, it has to be Alpha 2 with me, mate. Uh, whether it's the Alpha 2 Vanilla or the Alpha 2 Dash that came after and it was in Street Fighter Collection, uh, either, either would be good. I think the main difference is that Cammy's in there, some small hit box changes, but uh, whichever one of those, you can't go wrong with uh, Alpha 2 on the, on the, for a Saturn Mini. Aye. Aye, it's a great game. Um, definitely the best Street Fighter Alpha or Zero, however, whatever you want to call it. Um, just, again, beautiful. Um, I, the thing that struck me about the Street Fighter Alpha games whenever they came out was that they were so anime stylized. It was like watching like you were playing an anime just the, the way they changed up the characters the way they looked the animations on them the Saturn version of Alpha 2 is just beautiful um, although we have had jokes obviously on here in the past about the the attract mode you know it's not the guy almost forgets that it's 2 yeah. you know <laughs> Street Fighter Alpha 2 <laughs> that huge pause. That huge pause, as if he's he's forgot that he's maybe he was the guy who did the first one and they've gotten back in for the second one. He's not realised <laughs> it, but um, no, it's just even the the attract mode itself. You know the way it starts with the flames, where Akuma's kind of back yeah. looking over his shoulder and the kind Iconic. of aye, beautiful. Um, again, I, I think given Capcom's relationship with Sega, um, you know they were stalwarts in the the Saturn and Dreamcast era supporting Sega, so I don't think they would have too much too much problems um, allowing that one to go on there. Um, but the thing is, mate, I mean, I remember I've watched kind of retro gaming YouTube channels, and there was one that 
I think I sent you, I can't remember the name of it. I wouldn't even name and shame people anyway when they do that. But um, the, the the two guys were talking. Is that like, you know, I recently picked up a Sega set, and I mean, it's not got many great games, but the games it does have, there's a couple of good ones on there. And I'm like, look at the 22 games that we have just picked. <laughs> yeah. And look at what we've left out. Yeah. We're looking um, at the cutting room floor. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Even though Street Fighter Alpha 2 and Exhumed are cornerstones of the Sega Saturn, I mean, there's a good shout for stuff like Tomb Raider to be on there. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty sure that it's Square. Square don't own it anymore, do they? They sold it. Whoever whoever owns Tomb Raider now, I don't think. It, uh, I think they sold it to Embrace the group, didn't they? Was it? Is it not? Well, Crystal Dynamics, don't they? Did the the reboots, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Crystal Dynamics got sold to Embrace the group, I think. Jeez. And I think I think Tomb Raider got sold with it, but I don't think they'd object to Tomb Raider being on the Sega Saturn where it very first debuted yes, before anywhere else. We have an episode on that as well. If people want to go back, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, first on Sega Tomb Raider. Yep, it was on. Might only be for two and a half weeks, but it was a Saturn exclusive first. So there yeah. we go. Um, but oh, 22 absolute bangers, mate. With that term we spoke about for Sony games earlier, they call them bangers. Well, I think you, you just said it there. The cutting room floor has got so much quality on it, and look what we've still managed to put on there. Yeah, absolutely, mate. But I think this is where we'll turn it over to our listeners. Um, would you buy a Sega Saturn Mini with this lineup? Is there anything that you disagree with? Would there any, be any games that you'd substitute? Do you think you could think of 10 more games? I'm pretty sure you could, you could do. Are there any games that you take out of here to put on? What what would your Sega Saturn Mini dream list be like? You can catch us as always at Sega Guys on Twitter. You can catch me at Swooper underscore D. You can catch James at the Segaholic. Until next time, we will see you on the Sega side. Sega! Sega!